0: I tell you what, as you look around and you see the news every day on the news, you wonder, can anything worse happen? Can anything worse happen? I mean, it just seems like every time you turn on the news, something bad's happening, people getting killed, and, and, uh, and, it, you know, it's not guns that's doing it, it's the people behind the guns. <laughs> it's the spirit behind it all. It's a spirit of rebellion. There's a spirit of lawlessness in our land today. But thank God that, you know, there's a remnant of people that's still hanging on and praying the Word of God and praying in the Spirit, interceding, and believing God. We're going to see a revival. Praise God. I, I tell you what, God can do it. God can do it. You know, it's it's amazing. We, we went out to eat today, and, and every time we go into this particular place, somebody says, Hey, how was church today? <laughs> and I, I, I don't know if it's cause I have a suit on that they think, no, I'm a preacher or what, cause nobody else does in there usually, but, <laughs> but anyway, we, we, we just tell them it's good. And you know, we just invite them, come on. then so, one young lady said, well, I work on Sundays. I said, well, that's okay. We have Sunday night service at six o'clock. Hallelujah. So praise God. Listen, God's moving by his spirit. Amen. Over in Psalms 85 verses four through six, I want to read a verse, some verses of scripture there. And uh, i tell you, a spiritual visitation is what we need. How many believes that? Yeah. Psalmist David wrote in this psalm, he said, Restore us, O God, of our salvation, and cause your anger toward us to cease. And will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? And the sixth verse is what I want to preach on. Will you not revive us again? That your people may rejoice in thee, Amen. you know when you look at people 's faces today there's no joy yeah, uh, there's not a there's not a lot of joy there's not a lot of happiness in the life and and you sit down with them long enough and you'll you 'll hear a sad, sad story that is a true story, but it's sad because of the of the sadness that 's in their life and the and the disarray that 's there, but you know what God can even bring that but David called out, Will you not revive us again, O Lord? That thy people may rejoice in you. I want to tell you something. It's important to be joyful. Yeah. Amen. We can make mistakes on the piano. We can sing off key. You know, like I do a lot of times. <laughs> miss the keys and the notes. But you know what? We can still be happy. Yeah. Still be joyful. Rejoice in the things of God. And, and glorify the Lord. But... Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice? And, you know, we should be praying this prayer, Lord, send revival. But, there's another part of that verse, or that little saying, Lord, send revival, but let it begin with me. I heard somebody give an illustration one time, and they drew a big circle, or a circle, Around it, and they stood in that circle, and they said, "Lord, it's in revival. Let it begin right here in this circle." <laughs> Amen. And this is what God is wanting us to see tonight. Listen, you can't blame somebody else if you're not revived. You can't blame somebody else because you don't have joy. You can't blame somebody else because you got, don't have peace. You can't blame somebody else because of all the things that start happening in your life that's bad with your relatives and, and, and your loved ones. How, how many understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you got stories coming all the time. Phone calls here. Hey, this happened. This. But listen, we, in the midst of it all, God has some people that's going to be revived and be joyful in the Lord. Amen? Yes. Now, how can we be God's vessels if we're not stirred up spiritually? See, we have to be stirred up spiritually. Yeah, you know, how many those joys contagious? You can go up to somebody and they can just be all sad sack. You know, and, and uh, I've done it before. <laughs> you know, I'm mischievous sometimes. Some of you are understanding that now, but uh, I'm kind of mischievous, and uh, I take after my mama. <laughs> but, but uh, you know. Uh, you know, somebody's all sad. Have you ever just went up to them and just start, (laughs) you know, and they look, what's wrong with you? What'd you have to drink? And you, but you know what? And you just keep laughing and you know what'll happen? They're going to come out of that hard shell that's got them encased there to where they can't smile and can't rejoice and be joyful. And before long, they're laughing with you. Praise God. First they're laughing at you, but then they're laughing with you. Praise God. But joy is contagious. How many knows it's contagious? The joy of the Lord is contagious. But we just need to look at some simple keys tonight to open up our hearts to be revived. Because God wants, to, God wants us to... Uh, you, you know, there's people praying all over this land for heaven sent, holy ghost, devil stomping, <laughs> revival. Amen? And they're, they're, they're all over the land. And that, listen, that is something that we that's a worthy cause and thing that we need to be believing for. But for that divine visitation. See, we see the things happening in the world. We say, oh, Lord, we need a revival over there in Los Angeles. We need a revival over there in Ohio. We need a revival. Listen, we, we can we need revival. But the thing is... It, it, the divine visitation is to come up on our region. To cut. How many knows this is where we are? We live here. <laughs> this is Denton County. Is that correct? Denton County, Aubrey, Texas. Big city of Aubrey. It's growing, and it's now you're going to get frustrated when it really starts growing. I've been there with those little towns when they start growing, and I'll tell you what you think construction on the road is bad. Now you ought to wait till they start having to wide three seventy seven out here. Is that three seventy seven? They they have to. They've already got a middle lane, but when they start having to make two lanes and three lanes on each side, and uh, you know, you are going to really see some construction going on. And then you are going to say, well, but you know what we ought to do? Praise God for all the people, because that just means there is more people God can revive. Hallelujah. More people that God can get a hold of. But what did the Lord tell His followers in Luke twelve thirty five, Keep your lamps burning. Yeah. Keep your lamps burning. Isn't that what He told the virgins? Keep your lamps burning. Keep them trimmed and keep them burning. And we as believers today, we have to keep our lamps trimmed and burning continually and constantly if we're going to see the revival that God wants us to have. And we need to get fired up again. We need to stay fired up. Not, not just get fired up. We need to stay fired up and stay fired up and revive us again. But there has to be a supernatural intervention. There, there's got to be something taking place. God needs to do something in our, in our land and in our region and in our area. But number one, there's got to be a cry for visitation from God. We have to cry out in our heart. God visit us. Visit my home first. You know, visit my family first, but we need a visitation of God. And we've got to cry out, seeking God is essential. We have to seek the face of the Lord and seek God continually. Look at Psalm 63, verses 1 through 5. David had a whole lot to say about seeking the Lord and praying and seeking God. Why? Because he backslid. And he knew what it was to get back to God. He knew what it was to get back in the graces of God, in the love of God, and have the peace of God, and the joy of the Lord. But look what he said. Oh God, you're my God. Early will I seek thee. Early will I seek thee. I'll tell you what, we need to to have some time alone with God every day. We, We need that alone time with the Lord every day. We need to seek God early. My soul thirsts for you. I'll tell you what. We, we need to just get to that point to where, you know, you're just seeking the Lord and you just don't have no, your mind's not on food or breakfast or dinner or lunch. And I know that's hard for us men to do, but we, you know, we, we kind of like that stuff. But you know, <laughs> we, we, but we got to get in this place where we, we, our soul thirsts for the Lord. Our flesh longs for Him in a dry and a thirsty land. This is what David said, where there's no water. So I look for you in the sanctuary. To see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. Everybody say, I'll bless the Lord while I live. I've heard some people say, boy, I can't wait till I get to heaven. I'm just going to praise God 24-7. And just really praise God 24-7. Uh, hey, we're not there yet. We've got to start rehearsing now. Do a rehearsal every day and praise the Lord and just praise God and, 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 and for His loving kindness. Your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. Hallelujah. You know, I hope one day with the Lord tarries and I live my 120 years on this earth and, and I, I leave some things behind. And if the Lord still got people here on this earth for some reason or other, a, a day with the Lord's a thousand years. A thousand years is one day, you know. I, I mean, you know, we, we can't really put a timetable on anything as far as a real timetable because God's got the only clock. Amen. It's His clock. And if God wants to turn it back, He can turn it back. If He wants to turn it forward, he, how many knows He done that before? He's 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 made the sun stand still in the middle of the day, made it stand still so it didn't move till the battle was won. And you know what? They have found that lost time. They have found that time realm where, where that, where the sun stood still. And they've also found the time when Hezekiah, you know, he prayed and that clock moved backwards, you know. They have found that lost time. I don't know how they do all that, but they have found it and they have verified it that it really did happen. Glory to God. But listen, we, we got to get into a place where we can praise Him, lift up our hands in the name of the Lord and our my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness and abundance. My mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. But we've got to seek God. Yeah. I, I, I'm just here to exhort you tonight. Seek the Lord. Amen. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Yeah. I mean, we may be as holy as holy can be, but we still need to seek the Lord. Amen? Amen? We, we may be as anointed as can be, but you still got to seek the Lord. Because we can't go in our own strength and our own power. If the anointing of God is from God. The peace of God is from God. The joy of the Lord is from the Lord. And we've got to keep Him in the mix all the time in our life. And we have to have that, we have to seek Him. And we have to, that desire for revival has got to be cultivated in the heart. In our heart. Look what David said again, Psalms 42, verses 1 through 3. He said, as the deer pants for the water brooks. So pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night while they continually say to me, Where is your God? Where is your God? I want to tell you something. People today, we talk about the revival of yesteryear. And listen. I remember as a kid, I remember the revivals of yesteryear. I remember the moves of God. I remember the move of God back in the uh, uh, 50s, 40s, 50s. And, and then I remember the revival in the 70s when the move of the Holy Ghost came and people were hungry for the power of the Holy Ghost. And I mean, God was doing some things. The joy of the Lord came back to the church. The joy came. Hey, listen. I don't know if you realize this or not, but Back in the 50s and the 60s, there was a decline in the churches. And it was a decline to the point to where churches were having to cut out services because of the big decline in attendance. Now, this was back in the, I know it was in the 60s. As a teenager, I remember that. And they, they quit having, they, they, first of all, they cut out Sunday night. And, uh, and they, then they cut out Wednesday night, and because of the decline in the crowds. But then the '70s hit. And there was a great what you call a renewal of the Holy Ghost in the land. Things were happening. Good things were happening. People were hungry. They were hungry for the word. They were hungry for miracles. They were hungry for just serving God. They were, they were, I, I, I'll never forget. We, we took a little church running 12 and all of a sudden we started getting people in there and this one couple came in and they were on the verge of divorce. They were in the divorce courts and they were, I mean, he was a drunkard. They're drinking and, and it looked like they, they looked like they were going to split, but they come in and both of them got born again and saved. And filled with the Holy Ghost. And then they went out, and before long, in just a few short weeks, they had filled five pews with their relatives and friends. Hallelujah. And I mean, they were, and those people came in and got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Then they went out and got others. I want to tell you something. That's what revival does. I said, that's what revival does. The hunger comes. And, uh, you know, thank God. But we, we, the desire for revival has got to be cultivated in the heart. And I, I'll never forget, listen, uh, it's sad to see churches. I, I know there was a big church in Beaumont, Texas called the Sabine Tabernacle. And it was one of the major churches during uh, the era of the 50s. And in the in the revival during that era. And I mean it was a it's a big church. It's a big church. They had a big balcony and, and everything. And I remember Brother Peavy House was the one that was kind of in charge of the, the group at that time. And he had heard of our ministry and he contacted me and wanted me to come down there and, and preach for him in the Sabine Tabernacle. So I went down there. But you know what was sad? Well here was a big church that seated Probably 1,500 or more in the church with the balcony and and down and and we had maybe 10 people. But there was a decline. Y'all see what I'm saying? A decline. They had churches all over the region where the churches had declined because of a lack of renewal and revival in the hearts of people. That, that, that's what causes the decline, is a lack of renewal and revival in our hearts. And so, but all of a sudden, you know, we got to go into some of these places and God moved. But, but what I'm saying, the sadness was there because of what they used to be. But not only there, but around the nation, around the world. Sixties came. Then they had a great revival and crowds were coming again in the 70s and in the 80s and and stuff. And and then all of a sudden it started declining again. I remember going through Pennsylvania and a pastor was up there that uh, he's a very well renowned pastor and very looked up to and respected by all the other pastors. He's like a mentor to them, you know, like a spiritual father to them. And uh, he wanted me to come by. I was, I was going through Pennsylvania preaching, and he told me, he said, Brother Clarence, he's in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. He said, I want you to come by and just visit with me for a little while. I said, Sure. So I, I stopped by and, and was talking with him, and he said, Brother Clarence, what, what, what is the spiritual climate in the world today? What, what's going on out there? You're traveling. You're traveling. Tell me what you're seeing. And at that particular time, there was a big article that just came out where the pastors were leaving the ministry. Ministers were actually leaving the ministry, giving up their papers and their license to preach, and all. They were giving up their ministry, and and they were leaving the churches by numbers. And the churches had declined again. You know, there was another decline that came. And uh, and he said, "Well, brother, parents, tell me," he said, "What what is causing the decline?" Why are they leaving the church? I just shrugged my shoulders. I said, well, I guess because they feel like they've failed. And uh, the church is not growing and they failed. He just sat back in his chair and he looked at me and he said, okay, let me get this straight now. They're leaving because they feel like they're the reason the church is failing. I said, yes, sir, that's what I see. He said, well, he said, if that be the case, when the church was thriving, were they the reason for the thriving in the church? Were they the reason the church was growing? And I said, well, I'm sure they thought so. (laughs) And what he was getting at was this. It's not us. It's not my great charismatic personality (laughs) that makes anything happen. It's the Spirit of God that moves that's going to cause the change and transformation in people's lives. He also gave me another great statement. He said, Brother Clarence, he said, you know, a man can have an anointing to pastor and preach to 1,500 people if that's God's calling an anointing up on them. And in no time they can be somewhere and the church can grow. He said, but on the same token, he's talking about somebody taking a church that's nothing and it growing. He said, but on the same token, he said somebody can take a church that's running 1,500 in no time they 'll be down to nothing because some people are anointed to pastor fifteen hundred some people are anointed to pastor fifty see and it doesn't put it doesn 't look down on anybody that has a small ministry. how many understands what i 'm saying, but if we 're anointed for something that 's what we 're going to see but don 't try to be something you 're not don't try to push. The envelope, so to speak, and say, well, you know, I'm going to do this, this, or I'll get this many people here. No, sir. God adds to the church daily as it pleases Him. It's God that adds to the church daily. Praise God. All we're here, we have to feed them when they get here. You have to love on them when they get here. You have to encourage them when they get here. You have to make them welcome when they get here. You have to encourage them and say, hey, we're we're part of this thing together. We're family. Hallelujah. We're in fellowship together. And as you do that, then we'll see God begin to move. But listen, the blessings of God, the desire for revival has to be cultivated there. Can you say amen? We've got to become an extravagant worshiper (laughs) to walk in God's supernatural power. I want to tell you something. A whole lot of people don't worship God. We praise the Lord. Are you all still with me? We praise God. We get happy. We praise the Lord. We sing. We do these things. We're praising God. But we're not really worshiping God. How many knows there's a difference? There's a difference in getting into worship. There's got to be an humble attitude when we come to God. Look at Mark 14. Uh, I want to just read this to you. Being in Bethany at the house of Simon Peter, verses 3 through 9. Being in Bethany at the house of Simon the lepers, he said at the table, A woman came having an alabaster flask of very, a very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke her flask and poured it on his head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. Y'all remember that story where, where, the, where the, the lady come in and anointed Jesus? She was actually anointing him for his burial. And it might have been so. But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She's done a good work for me, for you have the poor with you always. We're not going to eradicate poverty. But we can educate people so that they can know who they are in Christ and get out of poverty and begin to be blessed of the Lord. And we can be a blessing to those that don't have as much as we have. Amen? But she's done a good work for me. You have the poor with you always, and whenever you wish, you may do them good. But for me, you do not have always. In other words, I'm not going to be here all the time. (laughs) But she has done what she could. She's come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. And assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Hallelujah. And I many knows that that story is told over and over and over and over again. But what she did, she gave the most costly gift to Jesus and anointed Him for His burial. She gave the most costly thing she had to anoint him for that burial. And this is called extravagant worship. This is getting extravagant with God. Praise God. Hey, listen. Some of us praise the Lord. We're in mourning, we're at half mass. <laughs> Some of us <laughs> Now, I'm not telling you to get excited like I do, or, or brother LH over here, you know. He'd love like to get up and dance. Cause he, he's from the old school. <laughs> uh, when I say the old school, I, I, I mean, he come from the revival move, amen? Yeah. And, uh, and some of you did too. Some of you out there, you, you've come from that move of God. Sister Claudine, I know you did. You come from that move of God. Hey, I, I'm gonna tell off on her now. She come up the other day and she said, Brother Clarence, I got my accordion out the other day. And she said, I got to dancing and shouting with that thing. Well, I heard through the grapevine that she used to do that a lot with that accordion. And I told her, I said, get, Sister Claudine, get ready. Hallelujah. Because she's a worshiper. I look over here on this organ I tell you what, she's worshiping the Lord with this. She makes that organ sound good, and that organ needs some work done to it. But she makes it sound good anyhow. Amen? But that's worship unto the Lord. And so, <laughs> when we worship someone or something, you give everything you have to them. Yes. When you worship them. Amen. You'll do anything in the world. In this case, the woman gave that her, her most prized possession and what it was. And if we want to see the supernatural power of God operate in our lives and in our church... Manifested in our life, we're going to have to become extravagant worshippers. We're going to have to give our best. Y'all still with me? <laughs> I'm looking for a day, and I know that every one of you love God with all your heart. <laughs> I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. You you wouldn't be here in the services if you didn't love God. Amen. Amen? You you wouldn't be here listening to this. Long, lanky. Well, I'm lanky, but I'm, I'm not as skinny lanky as I used to be. But but you know what I'm saying? You you, you, you But you, you have a desire to worship God. I'm, I know that. I, how many knows I'm not fussing at nobody? I'm not fussing at anybody here. I just want to encourage you. Encourage you to get into a more in-depth worship with the Lord. I encourage you to move out of that place... That you know you've been confined to in your spirit, and God wants you to get loose and free again. Hallelujah, praise God! Listen, I tell you what, I, it ain't gonna scare me. Come on. Amen. I used, we used to have a lady one time; she, she'd squeal, meow, you know, and boy, she'd take off running. And we had visitors in there, and they got, oh, what have we got into? I said, oh, that's just a so-and-so. You'll see that often around here. (laughs) Hallelujah. And then one one of the men took off after. And and the visitor said, is he chasing her? (laughs) (laughs) No, he's just trying to catch up. (laughs) Hallelujah. But how many knows what I'm saying? (laughs) Oh, listen. We've heard the stories. People dancing with those pot-bellied stoves, hot, steaming hot. Touch them. Y'all, y'all heard some stories like that, haven't you? In those old churches where they had those old potbelly stoves and and the heat was coming out of them, and they try and they they get to dancing and just dance around it and grab it and dance around it, you know. And one lady one time in a church, she had a little baby just dancing around that hot potbelly stove. People said, "Oh my, oh my!" Oh, of course, those people weren't in the spirit either. You know, they were in the flesh. <laughs> but God took care of it, Amen. But we got to. <laughs> We've got to give our most prized possession. We've got to give ourselves to the Lord. Give ourselves to God. Let God be in charge of our lives. Amen. We've got to stop thinking about what others are going to think about us. They're going to think I'm showing off if I get up there and dance. No, 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 no. You might be surprised. Somebody may be waiting on you to get up here and dance so they can join you in dance. Hallelujah. See, you may be the key to, you, to, to ignite a move of God. You may be that particular key that God wants to use. Hallelujah. Stop thinking about what's in it for you, but just think about giving your and focusing everything on Jesus. It's all about Him. Yeah. How many knows it's all about the Lord? And then finally, prayer is the key to the heart of God. Prayer. When a person seeks God, it doesn't go unnoticed. Remember the man named Cornelius in Acts, the 10th chapter? And how that he sought the Lord. He got hungry for God. He had heard about some things happening. And the Lord told told, uh, Peter to go down there. Or actually, they sent word to Peter. And uh, the angel of the Lord had to give Peter a vision. And saw in this vision, he saw this sheet with unclean animals set down before him. And the Lord told him to rise up and eat. He said, oh, no, not me. I'm a Jew. <laughs> That's against my religion. It's against my religion. I want to tell you something. Did you know, back in those days, <clears throat> there was a lot of racism going on? Oh, yeah. A lot of prejudice. <clears throat> the Jews looked down on the Gentiles. Cornelius was of the Gentiles. And the Lord showed Peter this sheep coming down with all these unclean animals and they did it a couple times and finally the Lord said there's some men going to be at the door when they come you go with them. And so when he heard the knock at the door he saw those men and he went over with them and he ended up at Cornelius' house. A Gentile. A heathen. (laughs) Somebody that's not part of the clique. Somebody that's not part of Our church, dear me, when I say our church, I'm not talking about the local church. I'm talking about our denomination. Oh, they're not part of our denomination. They're different. I want to tell you something. There's Christians in every denomination that preaches the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen? If they preach the cross of Jesus Christ, there's Christians in every one of them. Now, Peter just went in there and started preaching to them. Now, you know what? I think he was just going to—he really, just going to obey God. He didn't care whether anybody responded or not. He was just going to obey God. Well, he got to preaching, and you know what? They all responded to the gospel. They all responded to it, and they all began to praise God and speak in tongues, just like they did on the day of Pentecost. And then Peter—he got all excited about it. Then he got back to Jerusalem, and the council called on him and said now look peter we heard you went down to the gentiles and we heard that you went in there and got fanatical and uh, you know they're not part of us you know you know they they don't have papers with us they don't have credentials with us and they're they're gentiles we're jews peter said look in his defense he said all i did was preach all i did was preach and all of a sudden, they all begin to speak in tongues and praise God and dance and fall out under the power. And all these things happening. I didn't touch nobody. Amen. But you know what? Peter ended up preaching to a lot of people like that. Yes, but what I'm saying is, these people were hungry. And they needed God. Prayer is the key to the heart of God. Cornelius prayed. A devout man prayed to God. He prayed to God. And I'll tell you what: God will honor your prayers. God will honor your prayer. If you need a revival in your family, God will honor your prayers. God will honor. Them. Listen, those kids—they can't get away from mama's prayers and daddy's prayers and grandpa's prayers and grandma's prayers. Amen. Or aunt and uncle prayers. You know, they can't get away from it because prayer is the key to heaven. Prayer is the key to unlocks the door of revival. And prayer is the key that's going to unlock the door of deliverance for your people, your relatives, your loved ones, and people that you know. And they're going to be set free through your prayer. Praying unto the Lord. Can you say amen? No substitute for prayer. No special lightings needed. Don't have to have no smoke. Don't have to have all this flashing lights going in circles, making people dizzy. Y'all still with me? Yeah. Oh, amen. I know. I get a little flack from people. I get it sometimes on Facebook. You know, and they they like this modernistic stuff. And I was in one church one time, and I'd preach that morning, and we were looking up at the ceiling, and the. And the, the worship leader was telling the pastor. He said, "No, oh, now what we need to do, we need to take all, we need to put these lights here and do these lights here." And I'm looking, and I said, "What's wrong with the lights that you got up there now?" Oh no, no, no! We got to have some different lighting that kind of goes and makes all these things, and and uh, and and then we need to, so we can create an atmosphere. I said, an atmosphere? What kind of atmosphere are you trying to create? An atmosphere for praise and worship. I said, lights don't create an atmosphere. The atmosphere is created in your heart. You can be out out in the field and create an atmosphere and God will move. You don't have to have special lighting and all of this stuff going around and as if they do, more power to them. I'm not saying they're going to hell. I'm not saying that. I I but I'm just saying that's not the anointing. Yeah. That's superficial anointing. <laughs> that's something that made it's made up anointing. And uh you know, you 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 got there's only one real anointing, it's pure anointing. And the pure anointing is going to bring results. The pure anointing is going to cause people's hearts to be pricked. And the pure anointing is going to bring conviction. And the pure anointing is going to bring people to their knees and cry out to God. The pure anointing is going to get people to rejoice in and glorify in God just because the presence of God is there. God's presence real. Amen? No special ceremonies have to be done. Isn't that good? Did you know what? If we come into church one night and we didn't get to sing one song and the power of God fell, that's still God's order. (laughs) What would we do? Brother Clarence didn't get to tinkle those ivories. I said, so? You know, it doesn't matter to me as long as God has His way. Amen? Amen? And listen, sometimes we may have people lined up to sing and we may not even get to them to sing because God has another agenda or God has something else. And, you know, and I know nobody's going to get all upset and mad over that because the next time we'll let you do three songs, praise God. (laughs) But you see, the thing is, we just have to let God's Spirit flow. It's the anointing of God. Can you say amen? The Bible said Elijah was a man subject to like passions and prayed and God moved. Look at James 5, 16, 18. The affected, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it didn't rain on the land for three years and six months. And then he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. Why? Because the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Effectual, fervent prayer of us righteous people. When I say righteous, it's not self-righteousness. It's righteousness in God. We're righteous in Him. And when we get effectual, fervent prayer going, we're going to see God move supernaturally. And people's going to begin to be changed and transformed by the power of God. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. I, I, listen, I'll be glad when we get this thing filled and people just run down the aisle to get saved. I'll be so happy when people just all of a sudden, uh, we had one, we had one lady one night, she was real sophisticated and had her fine jewelry and her fine clothes on, you know, and, and she was trying to get out of there. Oh, glory. She just didn't want nothing to do. And the Holy Ghost zapped her right at the back. And I mean, her hair came down. She didn't care about her finery that she had on. She just worshiping the Lord. Hallelujah! Just praising God. Now, listen, I'm not saying God's going to do that to everybody. You know, you got, God honors your heart, your fervent heart to the Lord, and don't try to be like nobody else. I tried that before. I tried to jump around and shout and holler and yell and and all, and I forgot what I was preaching. You know. My daddy used to kick, and he'd go over here and kick over here, and, and then he'd go over here and kick over here. I said, that's what I gotta do. So I went over there and kicked, and I, I, I forgot where I was preaching. I, 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 I got all fun-buzzled, you know. I just, I, I didn't even know where I was, what I was doing. <laughs> Amen. You can't do it like that. It's gotta be the Holy Ghost or not the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Amen. Y'all still with me? Yeah. Modernists today, modernist people say, They don't understand true prayer or heart-to-heart talks with God. They don't. I'm not even going to use the denomination this preacher was with, but y'all know the denomination. And uh, my dad, God, God spoke to him. God gave him visions. God gave him dreams. God gave him words, prophetic words. And in his his preaching, he would say God spoke to him. God told him something. Listen, God speaks to every one of you. God speaks to us. But my dad would say that in this preacher, very prominent, Pentecostal, supposed to be Pentecostal, preacher. And he had always ridiculed my dad. He had a big church, too. Big church. I had my cousins that went there. And... uh, and he had a big church. He, he, told him, he had to ridicule my daddy. We'd, they'd go out to eat and be other preachers. He'd say, hey Pete, God talked to you anytime lately. Is he, is he still talking to you? My dad looked at him and said, yes sir, he has. He told me something about you today. Woo. He, he changed the subject and got away from that table. <laughs> but he came out with a book. A book on how people say they hear from God. And he, he just did away with every truth of that. There's no way that God talks to people. Pentecostal. Denominational Pentecostal preacher. His book became one of the best sellers in that denomination. And around Texas and around the states. Because he was a big wig in that. But that book, I saw it one day in a bookstore. And I said, dear Lord, they're still selling this thing. And I I said, I just couldn't, he died. You know, he went on to be with the Lord. And I'm not saying he didn't go to heaven. I believe he was a believer. He believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to tell you something. You're treading on dangerous ground when you start ridiculing and making fun of the Holy Ghost. And making fun of the power of God in somebody's life. I'm not going to ever ridicule anybody that is under the anointing of God. Because it may be strange. It may be different. It may not be like anything you would do. But I want to tell you something. If God's in it, I tell you, there's one preacher down in Louisiana. He's about 400 pounds, I think. He gets the anointing of God get on him. He just goes, Glory to God. Hallelujah. And God moved, I thought that was the weirdest thing I ever saw. one day they' had take a little boat across the uh, the one of those canals in Louisiana, and his wife it was wintertime she had this big old fur coat on she was heavy set too, and he was heavy set and anyway, something happened and and uh, she got it, and she was moving, and she t- went overboard and uh, this preacher his little boy was there and uh, Pudgy was his name, he was Pudgy too, you know <laughs> the whole family was pudgy, but uh, they, they his, his nickname was pudgy and and his mama went overboard, and the daddy stood up in the boat instead of jumping over to get get her. He just said, "Glory to God, devil you 're not going to ruin this revival hallelujah." Well, there's a time for spiritual anointing, and then there's time for just just get old physical anointing and jump in and save somebody. Well, while he was talking about the anointing, somebody saw it, and they dove in and saved her in the boat. And they went on to church that night, and he preached. Great move of God, too, you know. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> I don't even know why I said that. It was good anyway. <laughs> but a lot of people say that you can't talk to God. Prayer is not how loud or how emotional you are. Sometimes we think the anointing is how loud we get. Now, I get loud. Usually when I get anointed, I get loud. But just because somebody comes up here in this real cool demeanor, Sister Paula, God has a word for you. And they speak the word. And you just fall out under the power. Now, Who's going to deny the power of God? <laughs> Amen? How I many understand? God uses different personalities to get the job done. I believe Peter was a personality. He was, He was. He, I believe he was a corker. You know, he was always a corker. He denied the Lord a couple times. and I mean, you know, he just, three times that night he denied him. And, uh, uh you know, but Peter was always one to say, Lord, if it's you, bid me to walk on the water. <laughs> and God did it. See, God uses different personalities. Paul was one that was very educated. He knew the law. He was raised in the law. He was educated in the law. I'm talking about the laws of God and the things that were there, the Mosaic law and all of that. And he knew that. But when he got born again, he had that encounter with the Lord on the road to Damascus that day. Something changed in him. But yet all of that knowledge of the law didn't go away. But what happened is the revelation of Jesus Christ and what he did and all of the law confirmed who Jesus was. And we've got the revelation and uh, and the epistles of Paul the Apostle to the church. Can you say amen? Then the final thing is this, praise. Praise. It's an ingredient where God's power can be manifested see praise strengthens your prayer how you ever had to have something you needed God to do something supernatural or something desperately needed in your life and you prayed and uh, and then you didn't see it all of a sudden you don't see it immediately sometimes and you prayed but what do we do We don't go over there and wring our hands and worry and doubt and fear and say, well, I don't know. I don't know if God heard me when I prayed. I I didn't feel no witness bumps on this one this time. And I I didn't feel no goosebumps going up and down my back. And I didn't feel no fire come out of my hand or nothing. Listen, all that, all that's good. I've had many signs God's given me when I'm, when it, to confirm to me that He's doing something in my life. But you see, the thing is, when we pray, what do we do? We pray in faith. Then when we pray, we praise God for it. We glorify the Lord. Amen. Praise God for it. Hallelujah. Brother Osteen, when he first got filled with the Holy Ghost, I tell you what, he got kicked out of the organization he was in. He had a big, fine church. But you know what happened? His daughter was born with a disease that she couldn't even move, no muscle tone in her body. And he, him and doty they, they just started seeking the Lord. And he said, he told, he told the, the people of the other denomination, he said, look, he said, you couldn't help me. He said, but I'll tell you what, I looked in the Bible. I was looking for a Bible Jesus. I was looking for a Baptist Jesus. I was looking for a Nazarene Jesus. I was looking for an Assembly of God Jesus. I was looking for a Church of Christ. Jesus. I was looking for the Bible Jesus. And he found the Bible Jesus and he saw where Jesus, the Bible Jesus was a healer. And their little girl was totally healed. To this day, she's totally healed preaching the gospel. Hallelujah. She's not a little girl. The no more she's a grown woman. But, uh, but she's, I mean, preaching the gospel. She's the one that when they sent a bomb, they sent a, a, a package bomb to the, the office addressed to Brother Osteen. And she used to open his mail personally. And she had this package there one day. And she looked at it. And she just kept pushing it aside and just pushing it aside. And then finally, there's the last package left. And she said, well, I guess I'll go ahead and open it. She opened it up, and it was a bomb that exploded. That office was demolished. The chair she was sitting in was still intact. And the pyramids got there, and she did have to have a skin graft on her leg. But the pyramids got there, and this is what they said. See, every morning she'd get up and just, and just claim the, put on the armor of God in Ephesians 6. And she'd put on the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, and, you know, she'd just put all this on, spiritually speaking, you know. And she did that every morning. And that morning she got up and she didn't want to do it, she was running late, and, and the Lord just prodded her. Put on, put on the armor, put on the armor, put on the armor. Praise God. And she got there, and when that thing exploded, The pyramids got there. She was fine, except that one little graft in her leg she had to have. The pyramids said she should have died. She should have been annihilated. This bomb was that powerful. The room was totally destroyed. I mean, everything in there, bookcases and everything, all that was destroyed was everything else. But her chair where she was sitting was not destroyed And this is what they said. They said, it's like somebody put a big steel shield in front of her when this thing exploded. Hallelujah. Well, I'll tell you what it was. It was the shield of faith that she had up there. Hallelujah. And she put on the armor of God. And God took her and preserved her and kept her. God's a good God. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. Praise. God inhabits the praises of his people. Psalms 22, verse 3, The Thou art holy, O Lord, that inhabits the praises. Walls are going to crumble when we praise. Remember Joshua? Walls of Jericho? They had to march around those walls seven times. And the, the last day they had to walk around it seven times that last day. And they came around, and, and when they come around that last time, they, the Bible, all the Lord told them to do, He said, don't do anything but just shout. All the other times they had to be Quiet. But when there comes a time, he said, shout. And with a loud shout, they shouted. And the Bible said the walls fell flat. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, listen. Sometimes we read these stories in the Bible and we thought, dear me. You tell people about these stories and they say, well, that'd make a good science fiction movie. <laughs> you know, no, it's not science fiction. This is reality. This is Bible. This is faith. This is Holy Ghost stuff. Can you say, "Amen"? Walls crumbled. People shouted, and and uh, they flew, fell flat. Pray, pray. See, praise always precedes the manifestation of victory. How many need a miracle? Anybody in here need a miracle tonight? <laughs> Some of us need miracles. Amen. Well, we probably every day we need a miracle, but we need specific things sometimes. And you know what happens is praise always precedes the manifestation of victory. See, it's easy to praise God when the victory has been manifested. But it's not so easy to the flesh to praise God when it hasn't been manifested. Oh, look, Paula knows what we're talking about. But she's getting the manifestation. Praise God. And she's already been praising God ahead of time. Hallelujah. But some of us have have things that are maybe not just the same specific thing as that. But the thing is, we all have situations and circumstances that we just need to start praising God for. Those walls are going to come down. Those walls are going to come down. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. And well, well. in Second Chronicles 20, verses 15 through 29, we won't take time to read all those verses, but you need to look at it sometime, where Jehoshaphat went out and the Lord told them to get all the praisers and get out there. Get all the singers and the praisers and go before them. And just start praising the Lord, glorifying God, letting God be God. Hallelujah. And that's all they had. They just went out with their praise and the armies were defeated. Glory to God. God's victory is ours. Can you say amen? See, most people want to praise God after the manifestation. Most people want to praise God after it's happened. The manifestation. But what God wants us to do is start praising Him before it's ever manifested. That's why we get this uh, tag on us fanatics. But I am a proud fanatic tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God before it ever happens. Praise God before you ever see the results. Praise God because we're asking in faith, believing in faith. And we're not going by what we see. We're going by what the Word declares. And if we believe God, the manifestation will come. And we praise God. Just praise Him out loud. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. God inhabits the praises. I said, God inhabits the praises of his people. Somebody say amen. Praise God. The Bible said Sarah received strength. to conceive seed was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Now, when, she, when it says he, she judged him faithful of what he had promised, that, that, that means she was saying, I'm going to have a baby. <laughs> I'm going to have a baby. Abraham was saying, I'm going to be a daddy. <laughs> I'm going to be a father. I'm a hundred years old, but I'm going to be a father. Sarah's ninety, but she's going to be a mama. <laughs> they, and they went, they went around talking it and praising the Lord for what God said. Can you say amen? Huh. Well, the devil's a liar. Can you say praise God? Paul and Silas were in jail. What they do at midnight? They sang praises to God. They sang praises to God. They sang praises, the, the, the locks came off their hands, the, the shackles came off, and the, the doors swung open, and God brought them forth free, hallelujah. And that, and that whatever hurt they had, whatever bleeding was there, I believe that the power of God moved on them, and there was a total manifestation of complete healing in their body when they walked out of there that night, hallelujah. Because God's that kind of God. If we praise Him, can you say praise the Lord? Then finally, unity is an absolute necessity. Necessity. We have to believe together. We have to agree together. If any two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, it shall be done to the Father which is in heaven. So unity is necessary. We got to get unified in this. Let, don't get up here and pray with me, and then then go out the door. and Say, well, I don't know, Brother Clarence. I don't know if he's going to get that answer to that physical problem or not. You know, uh, I, I, it, I, I uh, the last person I saw like that, they died in about two weeks. And uh, you know, uh, you listen. Y'all know what I'm talking about? (laughs) What we've got to do is get in unity. I'm going to find somebody that agrees with the Word. I'm not going to get somebody that agrees with the circumstances. I'm going to get somebody that agrees with the Word. I want somebody as fanatical as I am. Crazy as I am. That's what the world thinks anyway. Those crazy idiot sticks, you know. They're walking around saying, God can do this. God's going to do that. God, Listen, God is going to do it. God's moving. Can you say praise God? Unity is the strength of the body. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Psalms 133. 1. Husbands and wives have to be in unity for the blessings. We've got to be together on this thing. we got to agree together. My wife and I agree together. We pray together. We agree together for things. We we believe God together. And we believe God with others too. But we listen, we it's important for me and her to be in agreement. Amen. In unity. Together. You should be the same way. Be in unity together. Pray together. Believe God that God's going to do the supernatural in our lives. Can you say amen? A threefold cord is not easily broken. Now what did David say? Will you not revive us again, O Lord? Psalms 86, 85 and 6, that your people may rejoice. That word revive, we need to be stirred up by God's Holy Ghost. We've got to get revived. Can you say amen? amen. <laughs> get a heavenly dose of spiritual excitement. <laughs> Greater devotion to Him. And revive us. See, if God wished, He could do it directly from heaven without us. If He wished. But see, he wants to use us. So the David said, revive us. Revive us. Spiritual revival is going to come to the lost when we're revived in our own spirits. And we're going to be used of God. Revive us again. Again. Everybody say again. See, a lot of us have lived in the great past experiences. Every church... In this vicinity and in this state and in, in the southwest. I mean, I say that because that's kind of the gospel belt, you know. The Bible belt, so to speak. Up north, it's not quite that way. <laughs> but God is moving up there. But you see, the thing is, we, we, we need to get to that place where we, we know God moved. I saw God move in my life when I was a teenager. I saw God move in my life as I got in my 20s, my 30s, my 40s, and my 50s, and my 60s. Oh, Lord, my 70s coming up. (laughs) But we've seen God move. We've seen supernatural miracles. We saw God do things that you know, it had to be God. God moves supernaturally. Somebody said, well, I wanted to do it again. It is. After we say, revive us again, O Lord. Amen. <laughs> revive us again. And you know what God will do? He'll even do it in greater measure than He did in the past. If we get into that mode with God. And let God... Bring revival through us. Can you say amen? Amen. The devil has to submit to the power of God. He has to. I said he has to. He has to submit to the name of Jesus. He has to. The presence of God will invade the territory that the devil's ruled. Praise God. you got kids that's rebelling. Go in that house. Don't go in there and make them mad. But just go in that house and silently just kind of march around that place. Just kind of march around there. Say, Lord, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. It's, it's just surrounding this house right now. These rooms. And just do it. You don't have to go out there and expose, say, well, you, you heathen you, I'm praying God's gonna honor me. No, just go in there and just do it and just, just pray and just praise the Lord and glory. And what, you know what's gonna happen? The Holy Ghost is gonna do His job. The Holy Ghost will do his job. Now, there may come a time that you have to be bold. I mean, sometimes the devil can rear his head up in somebody, and you've got to take authority over it. You've got to bind the devil and, 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 and render him powerless. But I'm saying as a whole, you know, some of the kids are just rebelling and, and things of that nature. Listen, just march around them. <laughs> They'll say, what are you doing, Mama? <laughs> I'm just marching around you. Well, yeah, but you've been walking in circles around me for a half hour. (laughs) Well, just let them think what they want. They think we're crazy anyway, you know, so what does it matter? Uh, You know, but go ahead and be crazy and be crazy for the Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. The kingdom, God's power will be manifested. God's going to visit this church with a mighty manifestation of the presence and power of God. I said God's going to do it. The body of Christ is going to be a participant in a mighty move of God. How many is ready to get a, be a participant in a mighty move of God? How, how many really wants a move of God? How many wants a move of God more than anything in this world? How, how many really wants a spiritual move of the Holy Ghost? Do you really want a spiritual move of the Holy Ghost? Do you really want God to do something? Well, what we've got to do, we've got to prepare ourselves for this last day outpouring of God's presence and power. We've got to prepare ourselves. Lord, wilt thou not revive us again? That we may rejoice in thee Hallelujah Lift your hands and just glorify the Lord Hallelujah Just glorify him right now Glory to God God's word is truth Praise the name of the Lord 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 Lord. Oh glory glory to God 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 There's an old, old song Somebody may have to help me on this Revive us again. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah! And the glory. Hallelujah! Amen. Hallelujah! And the glory. Revive us Uh, Could we lift our hands and sing it? Oh, hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. Hallelujah. Glory to God. (laughs) Woo! I'll tell you what. Y'all are slow listeners or I'm a... Slow preacher, I don't know. God's good. God's reviving some folks. And you know where it starts? It starts right here. Right here. I can't blame nobody else. If God doesn't move in this, I've got to look at me. What am I doing? Am I doing what I'm supposed to do? Am I rejoicing? Am I, am I praising the Lord? Am I glorifying God? Am I becoming what God said to do? And we can do that. Let's stand our feet tonight. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah.